0: My work right now is my sobriety, nothing else really feels like work, it all feels like I'm having a good time, a lot of fun, and I've never been able to say that before. The Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of a life fully optimized with Megan Hoffman.
1: Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners, welcome back. Today's episode is brought to you by Champion System Custom Cycling, Running, and Triathlon Apparel. Their website is champ-sys.com, C-H-A-M-P-S-Y-S.com. Why do I love Champion System, and why is it the cycling and triathlon gear that I use? Well, for starters, the chamois and the shorts are amazing. I wore my Champion System bibs for the Dirty Kanza back in June. That's right, 206 miles and about 16 hours in the saddle, and I didn't have a single issue. In addition, their gear is really, really awesome. It's lightweight. Zippers are great. Seams are great. As I mentioned, the chamois is great. I love their cycling gear, but also their triathlon and their running gear. And I've worked with them for several different custom kits that I've designed. Their art department is really, really easy to work with. And their production time frame is actually among the shortest in the industry. It's about four to six weeks from design submission until your goodies are on your doorstep. Not only that, but the folks behind Champion System are some of the people that have been with me since the beginning of my cycling career, and they are based in my home state of Nebraska. So you are in good hands if you do your business with Champion System. I can't recommend them enough. Visit their website at champ syscom and tell them that Megan at Maximum Enthusiasm sent you. Hey, listeners. Wow. This is absolutely my honor to bring this show to you on your commute in your iPod, on your walk, on your run, on your bike ride. I am really, really excited about this two part episode featuring my friend Jay Thomas, serial entrepreneur, cyclist, alcoholic, and big, big proponent of sobriety. This is the first time that Jay has gone public with what has been a really major, major milestone in his life. And as you'll hear from the interview, we get pretty deep, it gets pretty raw, and it gets pretty real. And the whole idea behind this podcast was to add value to your day and to hopefully inspire you, help you find that life of full optimization maximum enthusiasm, and honestly, your best you on your best day. As you're going to hear in this first episode, Jay and I dive right in and he talks about what coming to terms with being an alcoholic has meant for him and his life, what it's done for his output on a daily basis. He sings the praises of recovery and therapy and I'm going to just let the interview speak for itself. I hope you find this one as meaningful and as touching as I did, and I can't thank Jay enough for his willingness to get real with me. Here is Maximum Enthusiasm podcast featuring Jay Thomas on sobriety. Welcome back, Maximum Enthusiasm podcast listeners. I am here today with my good friend Jay Thomas. We're sitting in Lincoln, Nebraska, the day before Gravel Worlds, and today we're going to talk about a pretty serious issue that I can't wait to explore and expose and purpose of this podcast is to add value to people's lives and bring the concept of full optimization and a life that you're proud of and like a perfect day and being your best possible self Um, and so today we're going to talk about sobriety which is it's a thing it's a real thing it's powerful and um, I've invited my friend Jay to talk about this issue with me because he is celebrating uh, a year and four months now of Total sobriety, and he's going to talk us through the journey, and you were just talking before I plugged in the mic about just every day, and all of the things, and I want you to go straight into what you were just talking to me about, about how people have commented that your energy now is just so amazing, and just talk us through it,
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a guy that likes to be able to quantify things, and I find that really hard... To quantify what that looks like as far as a number, because I'm kind of a numbers guy. I like to say, oh, between a 1 and 10, I'm an 8 right now. And I just, this is not something that I can quantify. Um, I just know now when I run across people that I ran across in the past that know me you know, as a pretty full person, what they see today is what they're seeing as something completely different. And it's truly because of sobriety. I mean, I don't, you know, sobriety and life is good and things are all lined up and going really well right now. Um, But I do know that once I made that commitment and gave myself that title of an alcoholic, I was able to kind of free myself of of a a lot of burden. Tough. Tough stuff, but today is a great day. It's better than yesterday. I know tomorrow will be better than today. Um, But it's it's been a challenge, you know. It's like you said, a year and four months. Um, I don't look back much. I try to live today like I lived yesterday. I feel like every day I'm learning something that I knew from yesterday. Um, But it's it's a challenge. There's no doubt about it. But I'm. I know by the reactions that I'm getting from longtime friends, the change is for the better. And every I have, I've not run into anybody who's not been excited for me. Um, and, that, and I'm one of those
1: people you know. that has known you from back then, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I've shared my feedback. Yeah. But what are you hearing from people? What is the J before and the J after? What are the differences? You
0: know, I kind of jokingly will ask them, was I that much of a jerk? And they said, no, you've never been a jerk. You've always been a really nice guy. Um, but the clarity and the, the brightness, and just the way that I attack things now, the way I look at life, the way I'm, my conversation has changed. Um, this is a big part of my conversation every day because it's who I am, and that's that's hard.
1: And we've talked about the difference yeah. between using the term "I'm an alcoholic" versus "I quit drinking." Yeah and tell me about your decision
0: with your word choice and why it matters. Um, I think there's, alcoholism is, is, is a severe problem in our country, and I, don't, I think a lot of people have a hard time admitting it, um, and for me to make that, to make that commitment that I had to make from day one, I just had to own the title. I'm an alcoholic, you know, I'm, I'm in recovery. I will be that way for the rest of my life. And I accept that, you know, it's, it's some days that's challenging because you feel like a failure with that term, but I don't, I'm getting past that. You know, it's, it's, it's a title. It's, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's what I, it's what I live. It's, it's who I am. Um, and I'm more and more proud every day of who I am. It's taken a long time to get there, but it's, things are good. Things are really good.
1: We talk about this more. We had a great yeah. conversation about this last night over dinner, too. Yeah. But as we talk about this and the more I learn about you, it seems like it took this low moment to launch you. It's like a boomerang or yeah. a slingshot, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Of, and I want to talk to you about your low moment yeah. in a moment. But you hit rock bottom, yeah. ground zero. Yeah. And then now you're living this life that, I mean, I couldn't have written a better script for you than the life that I see you living right now. Yeah. So is that what it takes? Is that the way it's
0: that That's way what it took goes? for me. You know, I don't think, I don't know what it takes for everybody, and I spent plenty of time in group therapy, six months, three days a week, three hours at a shot, and I was committed, and I heard a lot of stories of alcoholism and drug abuse. Um, Most everybody does hit rock bottom. It's how you decide you want to get out of there, and what you're gonna do, and the commitment you're gonna make, and then the support system that you have around you. I mean, I have a tremendous support system family has been the best you know i i that's that's a challenge for a lot of alcoholism alcoholics and people who have drug addictions is their support system around them are part of their problem i don't have that um in every i've not had i've not had one person that's not been supportive i've not run across one person that has said this isn't a good idea, or you're not a better person for this. Everybody's in my corner, and if they're not, they're just not around. Like they've 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 disappeared. But I haven't seen a lot of people disappear, and I've I'm making that effort now. A year and a half, a year and four months into this, to reconnect with people of my past that knew that Jay. Um, and addiction, addiction's a funny thing because it, you know. My addiction really happened in a two-year span, or it got really bad in a two-year span. Prior to that, I was addicted to riding a bicycle, racing a bike every weekend, all the time. Very selfish, time away from my family, time away from my businesses. Um, Once that kind of went away, I had to pick something else up. And the next best thing at that point in my life to pick up was drinking. And... I was probably a better drinker than I was a bike racer. Unfortunately, <laughs> I wish it would have been the other way around, but it wasn't. I really tell people all the time, they're like, "Well, how much did you drink?" I said, "Well, I was probably a pro drinker. Like I was good. Let's I talk was about that. Really Let's talk good. talk
1: About that. What did pro drinker Jay? What does that look like for you? What did that yeah. look um, like for you?
0: You know, it over a two-year span, it started with just. I mean, during during my bike racing years, I was like everybody else, it was race your bike, sit down at night, have dinner, you know, tell war stories from the bike, from the crit, and then have a beer or two and call it good, you know, or have a beer by the van after the race and, you know, just doing normal stuff. But once that all went away and I didn't do it anymore because of a bad crash that I had in California, it kind of made me reconsider my cycling, um, I started to drink and I drank with as much vigor as I did training. And, you know, it was it was wine, good wines. I could justify it because it was good wine. Um, it was a bottle of wine. Then it could be a couple bottles of wine. And then it turned into drinking whiskey. And then hiding my drinking from my family and my wife. Um, Talk to me about that. How do we go from
1: publicly drinking a bottle of good wine and feeling... No shame, maybe not stoked with, you know, how you perhaps feel the next morning, but by and large, that's a pretty acceptable behavior, and no one's going to say anything about that. But then all of a sudden, we go from that to, now I'm sneaking a half bottle of whiskey around in different glasses in my house so that my family doesn't see it. Is that you're drinking at inappropriate times? Is it that you were worried that someone would say, whoa, man, that's like your fourth glass of whiskey. What embarrassed. Drink, uh, yeah. Just embarrassed. And, you know...
0: I was... The the, the term is too loosely used. A functional alcoholic. I call bullshit on that. I don't think anybody's a functional alcoholic. I can tell you today, at the level that I function at now, compared to the (laughs) level I function at then, once again, there's no amount of terminology that I can... I, I, I can't even give you... I can't even help... I can't help anybody understand what that means, but it's at such a different level. I... So... I, you know, through group, that was a term that was used as functional functional alcoholics. People would say, oh, I'm functional when I drink. And, you know, 90 days into my sobriety, I would just look at people going, no, you aren't. are uh, a fraction of yeah, yourself, right? Yeah, I, I, I did that. I said I was functional. And Sarah thought I was functional. Like, she said it last night at dinner, you know. Yeah. Oh, but he, you know, that's what I just thought. He was just...
1: And he still got up and went to work on time, Absolutely. and he still paid the bills, yeah. and, yeah. you know, no DUIs, yeah. and so it was probably okay. Yeah, yeah. Right?
0: I didn't have any problem with the law, knock on wood, lucky. Yeah. Like um, Maybe
1: could have, but didn't?
0: Yeah, probably should have. <laughs> yeah. um, that would have been a low point for me, for yeah. sure. Um, okay. But, no, I just, I can function at such a different yeah, you're level. Yeah, your output right now yeah. so. It's it's unreal, and I'm I'm better at controlling my environment now. Tell me more. Well, with my military background, you know, Marine, you know, being in the Marine Corps, Marine um, and Marine Corps sniper, controlling your environment, everything around you, is what you're trained to do. And when I was drinking. I didn't have my, my environment, I did not have control of my environment, there was no way you could have control of your environment. And Is that's that a, perhaps the desire?
1: Was to have let loose?
0: Probably, probably, but um, now I'm, I have the ability to, to say no to people, to not commit to things that I can't do, or don't, um, want, to. don't want to do, um, so yeah, just controlling that environment around me, and I, I've made a lot of mistakes. Like, I'm, I'm the first one to admit it. I'll stand up in front of a room and tell you that I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've... A lot of bad ones. Um, but I'm working through that. And... Um, sobriety is is the first step in all of that stuff. Um, and we're... You know, I am, a, I am a... I am... As a person, I'm better prepared to deal with those mistakes and those things that I did in my past that weren't probably something that I'm always terribly proud of but you know I I don't even think some some of those decisions weren't even based around alcohol you know drinking alcohol and making bad decisions it's just it's just that addiction of whatever it was was taking time away from myself and my ability to keep control of things you know and I, I wish I could give this to everybody. Like I really do. Like it's, it's a gift. yeah. It anyway. There's no, there's no gift greater than this sobriety. And I think people around me know that. Like they don't, they don't question that. Um, and I know there's a lot of people struggling with it. Like I, it, I, it scares me because it's so prevalent and it's so common. And drinking when you go out it's just the way, th- way we do it um,
1: you and I talked last night specifically about the bike industry yep. and what we see at things like Innerbike and Sea Otter and yep. Outerbike and yep. Outdoor Retailer and how it's start to finish yep. the name of the game yep. and we dress it up like we're doing business deals yeah. and making contacts and this is the networking yep. and what we really see instead is a group of by and large healthy people reduced to a, a shell of themselves yep in fluorescent lighting yeah. with hungover bags under their eyes, functioning at suboptimal
0: yeah, levels. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And we talked about how probably, you know, I'm a lawyer, and yeah. we both are, you know, serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. In the circles we run in, it's booze at the heart of everything. Yeah. And we both sort of just, you know, kind of mourn that fact yeah. that we are going to be outliers to yeah. the fact that we don't drink, but... More importantly, we talked about, oftentimes the abuse of alcohol is trying to deal with an issue that we haven't confronted. Um, it's not the alcohol itself, no. it's the fact that we are trying to escape something. Yeah. And I shared with you that when I drink, it's not often, but often I'll go from one to ten. Yeah. And it's because for a moment, I can shut that machine off in my head yeah. and set aside the things I'm responsible for yeah. and have this like blissful just time out. Yeah. And for you, it sounds like you had some things in your past that you hadn't dealt with, and, and you don't necessarily have to get into those here, but to what extent would you say someone who's maybe struggling with alcohol needs to dig a little deeper?
0: I, I think, I, I, I hear the term all the time, I can quit, I can will myself to quitting, and I could have done that myself, but I wouldn't have gotten to the, I wouldn't have peeled back the onion very far to really figure out what's going on. We all know peeling an is a very hard thing, and in this process, having the support to do it, committing to the support to do it, yeah, a lot of stuff has surfaced for me. Um, You know, desire to please people, desire to be successful, what I thought success looked like. You know, I I suffered from PTSD from the Gulf War. Um, You know, there's just some things in there that are that I'm dealing with on a daily basis and I'm sure as time goes on more stuff's going to come up and I'm, I'm ready for it and I, I I see I see my my recovery as an ongoing thing I don't see that next month I'll be done with counseling um, some people choose AA I think that's great it's not what I it's not the direction I've chose to go I do go to counseling once a week on Fridays for an hour um, and I do that. Just to keep things, you know, top of mind, keep things on on the surface. That I'm, and when I do run into roadblocks, you know, that we've spoke about, I'm able to process those with somebody outside of my immediate family because they don't need that. They don't need to be that person for me. You know, this. Objectivity yeah. too from that. Absolutely, yep, and that's been, and I. If that's what it looks like for a year and then it looks like something different a year later, I, I, I don't know today, but there will always be some level of of work in my life and counseling. I mean I'm I'm just committed to to doing that. And not just because of alcoholism, just because I think in life in general, we need some objective opinions and we need some coaches. You know, we have business coaches, we have life coaches, you know
1: we need issue coaches. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know,
0: my, my counselor Lois for me, she's just that person that it's just a conversation. And she can see right away when something's not quite going right and then we start to dig a little bit deeper in that. And we just talk around it and we talk about it and talk around it. and that it helps a lot. It really, really does. And you know, once again that's that's where people you can't do it alone. I, I, I even if it's just two beers a night and you wanna stop. But it's two beers a night every night. You can't do it alone. You gotta have a support system. You gotta kind of give yourself to it. And, and I know that sounds kind of new agey, new agey, vulnerable, vulnerable, but I had to, for the first time in my life, become very vulnerable. And I'll tell you, that was scary. Um, but I did know that I had the right people around me. You know, once again, that's it. You know, I sat through plenty of group sessions where I, I heard people and I heard their struggles and then I heard the support they had around them and I'm like, man, you're gonna you're gonna fight this for so long, where I had everybody's support in the direction that I was going, and they would do anything to help me get to where I wanted to go. And being sober was number one on the list. And then once I, got, once I got you know six months into sobriety you know I, it just kind of started to rain with opportunities like it was the amount of opportunities that I've had in the last year and a half or the last six months I've said no to so many things just because there's, there's no time in the day and I know they're going to continue to come and I know sobriety is a big part of that because people are like well, I knew the guy was doing pretty good, but wow, look at him now, so,
1: I want to tap into that because yeah. I've known you 17 years now, yeah. I mean, you've been with me since yeah. I started my cycling career, and um, you have always been successful, <laughs> and you are Midas, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure there's plenty of failures behind scenes yeah. that I haven't seen, but yeah. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you're Midas, whatever, you touch turns to gold, and yet you're describing this whole new intensity to your success, and the trajectory of your life was already pretty positive but it's like it just spiked straight up and yes sobriety is hugely hugely a part of that but also I think just the energy that you're projecting Mm -hmm. as a result right I mean what do you attribute this just amazingness to
0: I, I think most of us talk about success in the sense that professionally one bike shop to six bike shops whatever those numbers are and whatever that looks like oh he raced 40 times a year and he placed in the top 10 10% whatever it was but success for me is is not just in the opportunities but in my personal life I mean it's all of that plays such a close role for me that I'm able to laugh now more than I've ever been able to laugh. Um, Sarah and I, Sarah commented on it a week ago. I don't think we've ever laughed this much. This is really great and I kind of took a step back and yeah, we do laugh a lot. That just makes my day so much better and it makes my ability to deal with issues that really aren't even issues anymore. They're just, hey, this is, this, this is the hand we're dealt today. These are the things we gotta deal with. We're gonna deal with them, we're gonna move on. I'm just not going to get tied up in knots about it. And then I'm not going to drink when I get tied up in knots about it.
1: I hear you being a lot yeah. less reactive no, to stuff. Absolutely. Like you're just in this new headspace of yeah. just
0: calm. Absolutely. Kind yeah. You know, I think, you know, along with that, part of my recovery from sobriety was, was we did a lot of yoga together, Sarah and I did. Um, I'm not... That's kind of taken a back seat at this point. It will come back. I'm kind of a step, step process guy. Like, I know it's important. I just... I'm giving my time to other things right now that give me the same kind of joy but that was something that we did together and so we both know that it's important that we get back there together because spending time in that space together for our relationship has been huge which then turn makes me a better person, makes me better at my job I can relax more I don't use alcohol to, to numb the pain, you know it's just it's all so built together. Um, it's
1: like you unlocked the keys to the kingdom of awareness, didn't
0: you? Oh yeah. In,
1: in a way that you wouldn't have chosen for yourself, yeah. but it's like you—you you are awake now. Yeah. You are living yeah. life wide awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very intentionally. Yeah. Like your days aren't spent for you. Oh You are
0: deciding. Yeah, yeah. You start, to yeah. finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that—that that feels good. And I, you know, we talked about it last night. I—I I tried to work for people. It didn't work. I'm not. I'm not good at that. I realize that. So we're, you know, we're back in the process of owning businesses again, and you know.
1: In a space that you thrive. Yeah,
0: and where I enjoy it, and working with people that I genuinely think are just great human beings that have my back. Um, so yeah, it's, it feels, I wouldn't give it up for anything. Like I, I, there's not a drink in the world that I would give, up, give this up for. I just, there's, you can't even, but I'll continue to work on it every day. And I'll continue to do today like I did yesterday. And I'll continue to learn one day at a time. And I'll continue to be as honest about it as I possibly can with people. That's, that was a hard first step, but it was one that I took almost immediately. Day one. Owning it. Owning it, told my family, sat down with my mom and dad, used the word, I'm an alcoholic. Did it with my brother. Did it with my sister. And then when I would run across friends, I would tell them. You know, I went to Sea Otter shortly after my sobriety. I was three weeks sober. And I went out there with Mike McCormick, and I told him before we went, I said, here's the deal, man. I'm three weeks sober, and I'm an alcoholic. He's like, I got your back. Don't worry about it. I'm here. And he was. He was there the whole entire time. Didn't question it. You know, he didn't drink around me. He's like, I don't, I don't need to drink. If you're not drinking, like... So, I just had to be very, very open about it, very honest about it, and only you know, surround myself with people that I knew I could trust with the information that would take care of me, because you're super vulnerable. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's the scariest part about this whole thing, I think, for people, is admitting it, and then the vulnerability that comes along with admitting it, and then the pressure socially is ridiculous. I don't. I don't feel that. I. I just don't. I don't. Um, I haven't had people browbeat me into drinking, oh, or you sure know, yeah, call me you're out on it. it. That's yeah. Good. You know? I'm
1: glad to hear that.
0: But I do know a lot of people have that, and that's sad to me. Because people
1: don't like the teetotaler. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A remind them of the fact that they're drinking. <laughs> yeah. and You're not. Yeah. And B. You're just not nearly quote as fun. Yeah. You're sober. Yeah. That can happen. I'm
0: pretty fun now, though. You're super fun. <laughs> But, um, and I've not slurred my words no. uh, although I have to say I never saw you slurred words but you're,
1: oh yeah I was good clear. at it you are clear right now um, alright Jay I, I want to wrap this one up in about 5 minutes so what I want to do on this end of this first episode is spend the next 5 minutes telling what you would tell someone who is experiencing the same soul nudge as you were like man I got a problem this is mm-hmm. a problem this is something I need to deal with they're in that space and they know they need to do something but
0: they maybe haven't hit rock bottom or they haven't had that strong impetus Mm -hmm. first off no i'm available
1: Mm.
0: you know get in contact with megan she'd get you in contact with me i'm certainly open Mm -hmm. and free to talk to anybody about my sobriety and what it looks like and the process that i've gone through but the path is so different for everybody i mean i've like I said, I went through group therapy. I saw thirty people at a shot going through these addiction issues, and everybody's path was different. That's the first thing you just have to, and you just—it's a commitment. I mean, it's 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 a commitment. But I can guarantee everybody that's struggling with it. Once you once you make the commitment to make the change, you will feel different. I you will feel better not right away it's it's tough the first 60 to 90 days it's it's a it's a raw you're in a raw very vulnerable space but it does get better and there's just no looking back like I don't I don't look back and that's what I want people to know once you get so far into it and you have that support system around you and you build that you won't look back you just won't I mean it's we talk about energy a lot. We've talked about it a lot here. It's, I'm a different person. Like I, some days I'm disappointed in myself because I am such a different person today. Like I could have done this 20 years ago. I beat myself up on that one a little bit, but then I know, you know what, better late than never. And I'm making the most of every day right now. And I'm living my life the best that I possibly can. Um, yeah, I, I do have my demons. Like I, everybody has their demons and I'm able to be honest about it now because there's really nothing much to hide anymore. Um, but I think for the people out there that are that need the nudge, I think you first just have to admit to yourself what the issue is, you know, and you have to be you have to be death deathly honest about it. And I know socially, in some people's careers and their work and their families, those can be separation things. Like once, I mean, I was in group with a lot of people where I said, you just got to, you got to call it what it is. And they look at me and they'd say, well, that's easy for you. Cause you kind of, you, you've kind of directed your life. But like, if I do this in my profession, I can feel ramifications. I could lose my job or something over being an alcoholic or people look at me different. And I get that. I get there, there's, there's so many different social problems with this disease, with this addiction. That's why I say you just—you gotta find the people to put around you. You gotta find the people that will support you through the process. You gotta get help. Yes, you can will your way through it. Most people can, but you're not getting to the reasons why you drink. When I stopped drinking, Mm -hmm. people would have laughed at me. (laughs) I'm an alcoholic. Makes 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 the topic change for sure drastically. There's a gravity and a seriousness, and no one's gonna pressure you to drink when you say it that way. (laughs) So, yeah, I, like I said, it's people that need the nudge. I think the first step is just admitting it. And I know that that's like, there's seven steps or there's eight steps or there's, tw- you know. I think those steps are different for everybody. Um, I do think there's a process through this. Everybody's process it doesn't have to be the way my process is. Um, but I think the first step is just admitting, hey, I've got a problem.
1: And is it also sort of acknowledging, like, hey, this trigger when this happens is when I tend to want to come home and have a drink. Yeah. Or this time of day. Is there some sort of habitual thing happening here where when X happens, I go going to drink? Yeah. Is oh, that I had. Part that. Of the recognition. Oh, I
0: had. We have the brown recliner in our house that I probably have sitting in set. I've sat in ten times in about a year and four or five months. That, that was your drinking that chair. That was my drinking chair. So it's there, it's sitting in our house. Um, I look at it, keeps me honest. Um, it, it's it so did, a associated yeah, with that. Yep, and there, you know, for a long time it was at five, six o'clock at night and when I first became sober, I had to I had to completely change what I was doing. You know, and I had to get myself out of the living room and go somewhere else in the house to do something different. And that just happened to be at that time I would just go sit in our bed and read. You know, for a while, Sarah was a little worried about me, and I'm just like, this is just me trying to create a new normal for myself and change my habits. You have to rewire the habits. Yeah, because my habits are really based around...
1: When I come home, home. I sit in the chair. Yeah.
0: And I work from home. So I could... I could have been sitting in the chair all day long. <laughs> so you need to kind of yeah, your environment absolutely. Completely. Yeah, and I'm still work from home today. But Restructured your yeah, the the activities are completely different. I'm back to riding my bike, an hour and a, two hours a day, listening to the podcasts. Um, spending a lot more time laughing. Um, being intentional about when I'm working and what I'm working on, and getting my stuff done and being good for the people that I get to work with. You know, it's just, it makes, it makes for such a pleasurable time. I mean, it's, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, my work right now is my sobriety. Nothing else really feels like work. It all feels like I'm having a good time, a lot of fun. And I've never been able to say that before. From my relationships, to my marriage, I mean it's all, and I think Sarah would back that.
1: It's all pleasurable right now, yeah. enjoyable. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. As you say, with a giant smile on your yeah, face.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Life
1: maximum. <laughs> <enthusiasm. laughs>
0: exactly. No kidding.
1: Okay, we're gonna wrap up episode one there, and we'll pick back up with episode two.
0: listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hotman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.